This is a deadly class act. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Review covering Rick Remender, sci-fi, image comics, Wes Craig's uh, hit TV show, Deadly Class. This is episode 8, The Clamp Down. Now when you guys are listening to this episode of A Deadly Class Act, make sure that you are live tweeting using that hashtag ADCAPod. Let me know that you're out there, that you're listening. Let's make this a conversation. Uh, when you watch it live, go ahead and live tweet. When you watch it on the apps, live tweet. When you're watching this syndication, live tweet. <laughs> Let me know that you guys are out there and that you're watching. This is a damn good show. Uh, a few things going on. Uh, episode 8, The Clampdown. Following the death of Chico and Yukio, a gang war brews during a lockdown imposed by Master Lin. Man, say okay. So right out the gate, what happens is a lot of shit come to the head, and everybody's locked down for ninety nine percent of the episode, and some some shit happens. Um, what I like is that this show has now deviated pretty far from the comic book. Uh, I know I say in every episode I'm talking about the comic book, but it's that's what happened, and I, I enjoyed that. The story that they're telling still feels, feels like it fits within the uh, Deadly Class universe. It is consistent. It is good every week. Um, some weeks are better than others, but it's always good, never bad. And uh, shit seems to be shaping up. They're still kind of holding on to some key points, uh, much like next episode is a key thing that happened in, uh, I believe, the first trade. First or the second trade. Either way, that being neither here nor there. Diving into episode 8, the clampdown. Maria, I got excited when I saw her on screen, but then I was like, why the fuck is Marcus just sitting up with her? You didn't break up with her? She shot a bow and arrow at your head. So, uh, everyone, all of the main cast are on the the roof. Homeboy is back. Uh, What's his name? The British dude. Is it Gil? I'm going to go with Gil, because whatever, I don't really care. Billy, Gil, Petra, Maria, Saya, Marcus, Willie. And I like that all of them are dealing with their own cliques and clans and crews and, and, and all that. But their group is not happy about them spending time with these other people, these rats. And I see that, and I, I get that. Uh, we haven't really got a whole lot with Willie in the Final War World Order, the FWO. I have thoughts, but I'm going to reserve them because I don't know. I don't know where we're going with Willie. And before I get too upset and angry and ranting, I do want to watch these next two episodes and see what comes of it because I doubt that we're going to get a in-depth look at the FWO and the things that they got going on because it's, we only have the two more episodes and we're already knees deep in a lot of other bullshit. So I'm not going to be too upset. I mean, it is... Uh, if you're going to deviate from the script, from the comics already, then it shouldn't be too hard to work in some more shit. And we don't. But whatever. So 
we uh we get Gil's backstory, which is you know is 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 bad. It's not. I don't feel like it's as traumatic. No, no. Let me not say that. It's not traumatic in the way that the others are. It's traumatic in a uh, more emotional way. The others were very emotional and physical and just gruesome. Where his is just like. Uh, it has emotional weight, but I don't know if they hit the mark with this one. And when I say they, I don't mean it like the show is bad. I mean, I think if this backstory had have been put on maybe a different character, it would have been... No, no, no. I think it's the fact that we haven't spent a lot of time with this guy. I mean, he's been a supporting character here and there, but he hasn't been one of the main core folks. Uh, but it was still good. It was still good. So, Saya pulls Marcus to the side to have a little bit of conversation. Uh, Saya gets into Willie's ass because he, you know, isn't being open and honest. It's a lot of teenage angst. It's a lot of arguing. It's a lot of bickering. And within some of that, some of them, you know, are speaking the truth. You know, you need to do things differently. And, uh, you know, everyone has their pride and their ego and whatnot. So, I mean... Shit don't work out in the end. Uh, Shabanov with his punk ass. We find out he's been meeting with Gal and he has been uh, spying on Marcus. And he tells her because he brings her a journal. He's like, I um, she said, how do you get this? He said, I go through his things every time he leaves the room. It's like, ugh, man, you are the worst. I know I didn't like the guy in the comic, and I was trying to keep quiet about it, but I see that I'm not going to like him in the show either. I just I know that's what it is. Um. Lynn and Gao have some exchanges, and I do like that Gao is still at the school, although I don't know why. Why are you here? Are you investigating? I don't think it's ever been clearly said, but I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with it because she is shaking shit up and she's getting stuff done, and then there's a woman on screen. So, you know, um, a woman in charge who is badass, and there was an exchange that was had right after Liam put the school on lockdown where she said, you know, you you fucking up. Two kids are dead under your watch. And if you don't get this shit together, uh what did she say? The what is the name of their organization, their group? Uh the guild. The guild is gonna have to come down on your ass and I'm going to have to take Naya, his daughter and then she did a long, deliberate pause, and it was like, for protection. Nah, fam, it ain't protection. It's to mold her to be like you. Uh, because I don't trust Gal. She said something to the effect of, at first I was upset about your family, and now I'm not. You know, I get it. In your position, I would have did such and such. And I'm thinking, no, nah, I don't believe her. What I think is happening is she's playing her brother with his simple ass to make sure that he doesn't suspect that when she does take over power and leadership for a school that she felt like was owed to her anyways, that he's none the wiser and that she can do it swiftly. She's playing him. I don't, I believe that she probably does care about Naya, but she wasn't, Naya wasn't raised with her, you know, for all she knew, she being Gal, Naya and her mom was dead, and they've been dead, so, I don't know, I don't trust her, I kind of think she teamed up with Diablo, uh, to bring down her brother, now, what happens is there's a, a, a fight, Maria is trying to confess to Saya that she killed Yu-Gi-Oh!, and for whatever reason, and maybe it's just me, it's unclear. And if you do know the answer, tweet me, ADCA pod on uh, Twitter, Carefree Blur. 
She says that she knew that Yu-Gi-Oh betrayed Saya. She said it maybe two or three times in the whole episode. I'm trying to figure out when did you find this out and how did you find this out? Is it something that I'm missing or is it something that they just wrote in? Because I don't remember that scene. But I'm willing to accept it for what it is because it didn't really take away from the show. But I was like, what the? When did you? Because if you know, Maria, then why doesn't Saya know? Mm. So, uh, <laughs> Saya has this homegirl, this Asian chick who's in the Yakuza clan with her. And this motherfucker, she is ready to whoop ass. She's ready to kill any and everybody. And, uh, we, we find out later that Yu-Gi-Oh and her were best friends and they had grown up together and told each other their secrets and this, that, and the third. And I'm cool with that. But the thing that got to me is if this is the case and you know everything going on with him, that's your best friend, then that means you had to have known about him assisting with this hit against Saya. If not, you are clearly ain't best friends but i'm thinking that she the uh the the other asian chick i'm thinking that she is against saya as well like ultimately we find out that they they've they part in ways but before we introduce to her and before we find out what happens to them at the end i'm thinking if this is your best friend and he was you know helping motherfuckers try to kill her and it was saya's cousin and the chick said something to the effect when they were locked in a room that if you don't get valedictorian, we all suffer. So I'm thinking, like, are you trying to take her out? Are you keeping tabs on her? Like, what is going on? I don't know. I just, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Something is going on, and I don't know what it is, and I don't like it. Also, Gal, during the cafeteria fight scene uh, between Maria and Saya, she pulls them both aside, but then she removes Maria. She's like, you are a cancer. You... All right, the center of all the drama, blah, blah, whatever. She does all that. And then let homegirl Saya's friend go into the interrogation room with a blade. Oh, my God. I was like, okay. Okay, y'all doing some shit. Um, what else? We had Brandy stuck in the room with Maria and the... I don't even know this dude's name. I don't know if he has a name. Chico's best friend. I'll just say that. They're speaking Spanish. They're cutting into each other. Brandy is egging them on. She's fucking with them. Meanwhile, in the room with Marcus and Willie, we got Victor. And that motherfucker, as much as I want to hate him, he reminds me so much of Colossus from X-Men that I cannot hate him. Like, he's a dick. He's a horrible person. But just, I'm so in love with the X-Men and with mutants and with Colossus that when I see him and hear him on screen, it's like, man... And maybe he's just generic Russian guy number five or whatever. But I do like the way Victor is being played. I like the, the actor. I think he looks the part. He playing the part. Good, good kudos to him. Uh, Brandy, I don't like her with her dry ass hair. She's lazy as the fuck. Being racist, okay, I get that's your character or part of it. But it shouldn't be your entire character. So, And she may be suffering from us not... The show not diving into her backstory, but I don't need more of her backstory. Like the racism angle, I get it, but I don't want to see it. It's boring. It's boring. Brandy is a boring character. Victor doesn't come off as a racist to me, though. He may be. He may be. I'm not making excuses for nobody. And when I say Victor, I mean the character, not the actor. I don't, I don't know that dude. But though he may be that. If he is, if we are to assume that Victor is racist, that's not the 
crux. That's not the the center or the 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 foundation of his character. Like it was a, with Brandy. Brandy is boring. I don't know. This is, but whatever. So um, they egg and Chanel, and then we find out at the end of the episode that they they Brandy and Victor have a meeting with Guy, and they're telling her kind of all the secrets, and she's like, "Why the fuck y'all telling me this shit and not Lynn?" And they pretty much laid out like, "Man, look." You know, you got to play the winning hand, even if you got to change hands in the middle of the game. That's what Brandy said. Victor said something like, if I'm going to kiss the boot, I got to kiss the boot of the one in charge. Pretty much tell them, clearly we see that you running shit around here. Lynn is old news. We trying to get on the winning team. This scares me a bit because I feel like Lynn, I feel like he's being soft. He ain't, he ain't hitting in a way that I think he probably used to back in the day. And that's not good for him because you got an ambition motherfucker like your sister who already feels like King's Dominion should have been hers to begin with. Man, nah, now she know about your secret family. Lynn is all bad. Um, so Marcus sneaks out of his room and tries to tell Saya some shit, but he gets caught by Lynn and Lynn tortures him. Now Lynn pulled a move that I was not expecting. He pulled out this home video of Marcus and his mother and father. And it was a legitimate video. I was thinking, okay, maybe Marcus is hallucinating. No, Marcus hadn't had any drugs. There was no mention of a time lapse. It was just Lynn whooped his ass, put him in this chair, and played this video. So, clearly, Lynn been doing some research behind everyone's back. Because if you have this footage... If you have this footage of Marcus and his family at a time where there is no internet, there is no easily acceptable accessible excuse me google and bing and all that you have footage of a guy who is an orphan who does not have possessions just think all the shit that he got on motherfuckers who do have active families in their lives where he can just go and you know it's ah man i don't know that was impressive to me uh i don't know if maybe to some it may be seem like lazy writing because he was able to pull that emotional um, turmoil or the emotional torture into Marcus, but I thought that that was a really, really good move and kudos to the show and the writers for that. Now, Lynn pulls the, the truth out of Marcus, which is that they, him and the homies went to Vegas. Chico followed them. Chico was killed. That he didn't kill the motherfuckers in the boys' home. He just let it all out. And though this was a, a kind of quick collection of scenes, I didn't need it drawn out a lot. It would have been nice, but I, I get the impression that there was a lot of time that Pat, well, either way, a lot of time or not a lot, it still was convincing. It wasn't rushed like the actors couldn't keep up. I think Benjamin Wadsworth and uh, Master Lynn, uh, Benedict Wong, who I kind of remember his name. I think they did a really good job playing against one another, and um, this was a very convincing scene. Uh, so Liam's like, "Look, we're just gonna say Yu-Gi-Oh killed uh, Chico." Oh God, I'm blacking out. <laughs> and he goes, he Masterline goes to meet with Diablo. And my thing is, Lynn, you look soft. He explains to Diablo what happened. Diablo's like, nah, motherfucker, my son was killed on your watch. And Lynn said something that was like, yeah, well, if he, I could have did more if he hadn't have been selling drugs. And Diablo's like, motherfucker, my son is dead. And you come at me with some chastiser for him selling drugs? Are you fucking kidding me? And he threatens Lynn, and Lynn is like, 
Yeah, you don't need to threaten me. You know, you don't. I know your pain. I've been through this. I've been through that. But no matter how much blood you shed, it's not going to bring your son back. Pretty much, I, I'm trying to be on Lynn's side. But like his sister said, you don't wear the pain of a motherfucker who's lost a child. She has lost a child. Diablo has lost a child. And I feel like Diablo can sense that, that Lynn has not suffered this great loss. Lynn is being too lax. Lynn is not the motherfucker who should be in charge of your kids. Lynn is not, he's just not, man, I'm sorry. I like him, but ah, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it. I don't know if he's going to make it. But like I said, that scene with him speaking to Diablo, when Diablo was quiet and just shook his hand, I was like, no, nah, man, I don't trust this. This is too easy. Because uh, Diablo even mentioned, he was like, oh, so-and-so killed my son. Oh, that seems to be very convenient. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't know what you want me to tell you. And Lynn, I'm I'm trying to figure out, and maybe you guys can let me know um, out there. Listeners, please uh, tweet me or let me know or leave a, uh, a comment below or whatever. But it felt like, on one hand, that Lynn may have been afraid of Diablo. But I was like, no, he can't be afraid. I'm thinking that maybe he's just nervous and kind of playing over the different scenarios in his head, trying to keep his story straight, and also understanding that Diablo is suffering with his dead child. But I don't know. I don't know. Because he he was very calm, He, he but he looked a bit frantic. I don't know. I don't know how to take this. So you guys let me know. Uh, but I, I don't, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a bit nervous, though. Um what else? Oh, so Billy, uh, Gil, and Petra decide to have a threesome. And this is kind of the B-plot. And it's it's the comic relief. It's where it takes them forever and a day to even build up the courage to do this. So by the time they do get ready to have the threesome, the fucking lockdown is over. <laughs> Which I suspected. But one thing I was thinking is, Petra let them know, I know you motherfuckers like me. Let's have this threesome. I'm not going to have it with somebody who I don't like and who I don't trust. Uh, and when she said that, I was like, okay, well, could they be a polyamorous relationship? Could they? I would like to see that. You know, Monique Giff, I would like to see it. <laughs> I would like to see them in a polyamorous relationship. They're all so very different. They have a lot of similarities. They're all in this fucking assassin school. I want to see... What what a what a threesome between these three would look like? What a uh, romantic threesome or polyamorous relationship? What 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 storylines can be built off of that, or how can they interact more? And I think it'd be a way to to bring a British homeboy in because he's he's around, but he ain't around. You know, he's just <laughs> pop his little punk ass head up and talk shit and go away. He's not a main character like the others are. Um, yeah, all in all, this was a good episode. Uh, favorites, I don't really, I don't know. There's so many good performances. Uh, I want to go to Marcus because really we see a lot. Of, he's been going through shit since before the show started, and he's still dealing with shit. And when Master Lin was torturing him, he was telling him, like, I brought you in here. I gave you friends. I gave you your family. I gave you a place to sleep. I will kick your ass out of here and if you lie to me again. But it's like he was threatening this dude with being homeless again. It's like Marcus was so desperate and he was 
being tortured. And it's like, man, that's not cool. I mean, but I get, I get Lynn's point of view because two students are dead on your watch. You have to do something to try to make this right. But, oh, shit just hit the fan. Um, we end the episode with Marcus telling all the, all the friends, he said, look, y'all are my family. Let's start over clean, clean slate. I want y'all to know I didn't kill them boys in the boys' home, but I let out the killer. The killer is after me. And, you know, we only got a couple days or, or we're running out of time and he's after us. Like, because I completely forgot about the time limit with Chico. Uh, because I'm thinking if you binge watch this, the last episode and this episode, there may be like, I would imagine, a night between or a day. Because I think we ended the last episode with Marcus and Maria having sex on a little um, shit in the prominent in the, the the garden courtyard, and then we open up uh, to well, open up the show proper to them all on the roof at nighttime. So I'm assuming it's been one day, and I'm thinking like, man, how you ain't told these people about Chico <laughs> before this shit? I mean, I get y'all were swept up in the lockdown, but before that. You didn't have any opportunity to tell these folks when you know there's a time limit. But I'm willing to forgive that. Especially considering we got two more episodes, y'all. Shit finna hit the fan for real. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited. I really like this show. I'm gonna like what they've been doing with it. I like the, the detours they've been taking. I like where we're headed. I don't know exactly what's what and I can't. Uh, pinpoint you know every single uh, beat every story story uh, element beat by beat but I'm liking what we're getting so far I really enjoy Willie having a girlfriend Willie got a girlfriend uh, she doesn't show up in this episode but she's mentioned several times and Willie's you know buying her flowers he's supposed to meet her for a little date then he got swept up in that fucking lockdown uh, then after everything was, uh, the lockdown was over, he dressed up in a little suit. He going to see her, surprised at her job. So I'm just excited. I hope we get more of Gabby, even though we only have the next two episodes and it seemed like we going to end on a good little cliffhanger. I want to see Gabby. We got to get at least one or two scenes of her, maybe one or two each episode, but who knows? Um, there was a little argument between Marcus and Willie about, you know, <sighs> being fake about Marcus feeling like about Marcus being a narcissist feeling like anything popular anything everybody likes is bad oh you know you only like this because the masses tell you that this is art and that you should like that and I can tell you Marcus was beginning to become insufferable like bro shut up let people enjoy stuff y'all are kids like have have some fun uh and what he was like you know, you did something. And he was like, oh, it ain't about you, Willie. And Willie's like, well, when the fuck is it about me? Like, when is it about me? It's always about you and the shit that you're going through. You you took me to Vegas under false pretenses. You got me hooked up in this goddamn murder. You got me high on these drugs. Well, he said drugs. But all that being said, like, Willie was right. Man, though I feel for Marcus, some of your problems is like you refuse to see, you refuse to see your role in this stuff, man. So... Shit is wild, man. Shit is wild. Stuff is uh, we 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 ramping up and and, whew, I don't know, I don't know. I'm I'm just excited for this damn show. I don't want it to end. Uh, let's see some favorites. Favorites. My favorite character of the episode. Let's see. I want to go with Marcus. 
And I think I think I'm gonna stick with Marcus, even though he kind of got on my nerves a little bit. Favorite scene? I'm thinking. Uh, I, don't, I think, and this is a bit of a cheat, but I like all the scenes with Saya and all the scenes with Maria. I like that this was a very epi- episode that was heavy with their relationship and like the outside factors and inside factors that's kind of pulling them in different directions. Because ultimately, we find out that they're probably not going to be good friends anymore. Um, Maria did confess to Saya that she killed Yu-Gi-Oh, but Saya was like, why didn't you come to me? And she was like, well, he... Uh, no, no, she didn't say anything. And then Maria's like, you still don't trust me. And she's pretty much like, no. But even that is extreme. Not extreme. That's something that is very important to kind of dissect there. Because even though Maria does not trust Saya or doesn't trust her right now, she still killed Yu-Gi-Oh! knowing that he betrayed Saya. But again, I go back to how the fuck did she know Y'all, let me know. Tweet me, Carefree Blur. Leave them the answer in the comments. Let me know. How the hell did Maria know that this dude betrayed her? But even that wasn't enough for Saya. Like, you already, you, you fucked over your own clan. Because Homegirl ain't finna let you forget it. And she's gonna make sure everybody who's in the Yakuza know as well, you are on the outs. And then you're not even siding with your homegirl Maria not to say she needs to be easily forgiven for what she did, but you got to put it into context. Yeah, she may have, quote-unquote, did it for her, which is what she told Marcus, uh, what Saya told Marcus. But you can't you can't ignore that what she did helped you all. Now, it might have fucked y'all over in the long run as well because Diablo is about to rain hellfire on y'all heads. But you can't you can't act like she, even if she did it, for her own best interest that you all didn't benefit from that. Especially when she took out a motherfucker that betrayed you. So, I don't know. I'm conflicted, y'all. This is this has been some shit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Uh, tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag ADCAPod. Uh, when you're listening to this episode and when you're watching Deadly Class, let me know you're out there. Um, go into your friendly neighborhood podcasting platforms and give me a rate give me a review uh five stars let me know what show that you like you know i have other shows on the carefree black nerd feed but um yeah this is some shit and i don't want it to end but you know all good things must come to an end so that being said y'all Hit me up on the social medias. Email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com if you must. If you have questions, comments, concerns, let's keep this going. Let's make this a conversation. And until next time, guys, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay out of lockdown. Come on, y'all. Stay out of lockdown. It ain't no place for a nice little soul like you. (laughs) All right, y'all.